Welcome to Hashtime with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. Today, I am excited to have the versatile artist and engineer, Efaini Ezugu Patrick. Do you know him? <laughs> well, if you don't, this conversation is for you to get to know who Ifaini is. Of course, I've known him for a couple of years, but there are some things that I did not know about him. This conversation has beats that come with a big old do not try this at home sign and also it answers one of the avoided questions. What is the riskiest thing you have ever done to pursue your passion? Sit tight and enjoy this conversation. If I knew, welcome to Hashtag with Nauguzi Chuanuka. Okay, thank you so much. Do you have to say okay? Before thank you. <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> I know you're not recording, right? I That's am. why I did this. I am. <laughs> why are you doing this? Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. For someone that does not have an idea of who Ifanya is, could you please introduce yourself? Because I just know two things about you, an engineer and a phenomenal artist. So for someone okay. that does not have a single idea, especially the Ugandans, who is Ifanya? Ifanya is a Nigerian. My full name is actually Ifanya Ezugu Patrick. And I think Patrick is the name you can relate with since it's an English name. No, I'm, but I'm not I'm English. I'm not English. <laughs> so I prefer to find you. Yes, but you're not Igbo. You're not from my tribe. And the rest of I love Igbo, man. What are you talking about? Do you know how much I love Igbo? I know. I didn't even know you were Igbo. Now I love, love you more. <laughs> I know you love Igbo. I know you, you talk about Ukumanyu and a lot of things. <laughs> but you're not... <laughs> I don't know, you may end up being a so you may end up being a Igbo lady. Amen now. Time work for now, you're not. I'm an engineer by profession and I double as an artist, which is something I've done for life. Something for life, that's like how many years do we track back? Yes, I started painting from when I was little. I can remember when I was in my primary two, I did a painting of Jesus portrait. That was the first time I painted Jesus. And our teacher was so impressed with it that it was hanging in our class for the rest of the year. I think that was actually the first time I actually did a portrait of a human being. Even though it's not as perfect as things I do now. But it was amazing because I can remember our neighbor then, I showed it to our neighbor, it was like, okay, fine, you have painted your own Jesus. You can worship your own Jesus, but it's not my Jesus. Ah. So it wasn't fun to everyone else. What? <laughs> so persons appreciated it so much. Like my teacher appreciated it so much. So I started very early in life to paint. I represented my school in primary school in my early days in arts. 
also did in mathematics and debate sometimes. But I took, and then in my secondary school, I did a first tag mask. I don't know if you know anything about first tag. There was an art festival that was held in Nigeria sometime past that was mm -hmm. called first tag. So there was this mask that was the main symbol for it. So in my college days, we had our traditional day. I had to do the first tag mask. And our rector, that's the principal, the person in charge of the school, was so impressed with it that he had to reward me 2,000 naira as of then. Are you and serious? He had to hang the first tag mask in the visitor's room. So, <laughs> well, it must have broken by now because they didn't have access to it. And I did it with clay. I didn't do it with cement. Then I didn't have access to cement. Mm -hmm. So I did it with clay. So I know each time it falls down, it should keep breaking. By now, it must have gone. So, but I took us seriously in 2015, in my second year. I had some little financial challenge. So I needed something else to augment the money I was having. So I had to look into art and see how I can make money out of it. And to make money out of it, I had to improve. I have to bring up things that people were ready to spend their money on. So I started my art professionally in 2015. Had you seen any artists make money off their work? Yes. I Especially in Nigeria? My, yes, of course. I make money off my work, even now. Since then, I make money off my work. Yes, yes. It was a little bit very difficult earlier. But I keep growing and it keeps getting easier. But it's not, it's not completely easy. It never, it's never completely easy. So you keep growing, you keep getting thicker. And then your value also keep increasing with time. But before you started the commercialization of your work, had you seen some Nigerian artists making money from their work? Before I started commercializing my work, I was I was I was a neighbor to Bura. Bura lived next door to me. Mm -hmm. Bura actually helped my art so much. Oh yeah? And that's why I grew into highest esteem so much because he he believed in me even when I had nothing so, so little to offer. Bura was actually among the first people I did art for and the first people I actually did art for as well came from him too because he was he was more established than I was then. So I had to bank on his popularity. Yeah. He introduced me to so many persons. The first person that paid me to make an artwork of himself was actually Bora's friend. And somehow I'm closer to the person than Bora himself now. <laughs> so a lot of people I met early in life came from Bora. So he believed in me and he kept on encouraging me and showing me stuff. He would come around and show me people's artwork and telling me I can try and do this. So initially I was copying others and then going from there. So you hadn't seen any other artists making money. You just came up with this. We have Bura on board encouraging you to do the work and introducing you to his, you know, network. But before then, um, would we say that you had no single um, idea? that there were Nigerians making money from their art? I've not actually seen people make money from art, to wow. be honest. But I've made money from art, not, not necessarily that. Um, people have given me money to do little art for them. But then these are people very close to me. So I wouldn't say it was actually a professional something because maybe they're just doing it just to give me money or something like that. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, I do. So these were just people very close to me doing uh, just, okay, 
you can have this. Just make a portrait of me and something like that. And that was it. Wow, because usually there is this stagnation that people experience in their pursuit of passions because they feel like there is nothing that exemplifies what they might be dreaming of. Some people walk away from art because they don't... I mean, we go to school to make money. <laughs> so they feel like I can't pursue art. There is, I, don't, I haven't seen any other person making money off this. So that's why I was really insistent on finding out if you had gotten an idea from a fellow artist. No, no, no. It wasn't from anyone. Wow. But I didn't actually have much options. That's one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, this is something I was passionate about. I enjoy making art. So... Even if, you, even if you don't pay me, this is something I would just like to do for fun. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't get paid for it, I would just still like to make art. So if I had all the money in the world, I think even in my free time, I would still want to make art. And when it comes to engineering, where did you find the passion? To be honest, I was passionate about engineering, but not as much as art. Growing up in life, I was, I was good in mathematics mm-hmm. to an extent. My nursery school days, my my father gave me a good foundation in mathematics. So from there, I picked up. I, I remember in my nursery tree when I was actually like five, four years, I could recite timetable to up to 10 times. And I didn't memorize it. I, I already started learning some cheats on how to multiply things in my head. So if I was writing it, you would think I memorized it, but I didn't. My father was showing me a lot of cheats on how to perform a lot of operations in my head and make it faster. So I had a very good foundation in mathematics and I didn't like chemistry per se. So I didn't want to go, since I offered sciences, I didn't want to go into medical field because I have to do a lot of chemistry there. And <laughs> chemistry is <used> to... <laughs> So I had only one option, engineering. Chemistry, <laughs> let me tell you something. Chemistry is weird. For me also, like, ah, no. <laughs> So everything for me that becomes complicated, I just relate it to chemistry. I'm like, man, this looks like chemistry. Ah, no. <laughs> in, when I had to even write my work, I was like, when I was doing the chemistry, because I need to pass chemistry, my wife, I was like, this chemistry needed to be divided into two. Advanced chemistry, my chemistry, because there was some parts of chemistry. I was like, wow, I still still have to learn this. <laughs> I don't know if you did organic chemistry. I don't think they were great. So I think, I don't know if that was for people's A-levels because I did my arts for A-levels. All-level, it was compulsory. For all-level, it was compulsory. So I don't know what they studied in A-levels. If you did it, then you would have seen what they call organic chemistry. That was where, like, I knew that, you know, I can't, I can't do this. Because... (laughs) This was simple. Mathematics, very simple. This yes. is a logical. This, this is very logical. They would say, if you leave this up, it will fall down. Right. And if you leave this up, it will fall down. Like, very logical something. Mm-hmm. You could relate to You could understand it. Like, if you put your mind to it, you understand how this thing works. But chemistry will say, inside this thing, there is a human being. And inside that human being, you're not seeing, you're not even understanding. Like, <laughs> these things are not relatable. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have to go for engineering because I know if I pick up that line of chemistry I'll be sad for the rest of my life I just have to <laughs> so you have 
for I don't know how long have we been friends? Two thousand twenty? Could it have been that I year? Know. I don't know. When we Wait, talking. it must be two thousand and nineteen. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't take note of it. But it must be around that time. And I've noticed that there is a high level of consistency with your performance of art. Should I call it performance? Your practice? Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Which is right. Is it performance or practice? I think it's practice. Practice. Practice, yes. I don't perform. I don't perform yet. It's practice. <laughs> I've noticed that your practice of art has been consistent. And I've also noticed that there are changes that have come with your level of consistency. And yes. I've also seen that... I think there's a post that I put up asking people to describe me with one word. And there were so many that were coming in with the word consistency. They said the same thing about my podcast. And for some, you hear them talking about how it is hard for them to be consistent. So when it comes to your line of practice, when it comes to art, is it just about you making sure that you better your craft so that you make money and respect your clients or is it something else that drives you to just be consistent i think it's somewhere in between the both mm -hmm. uh, art is something i'm passionate about so even if there are no clients i'll still make art but when your clients are smiling you're also happy right so it's somewhere between the both i want to give quality to my clients and i also want to make art i'll be happy with I have dreams of things I want to do with art and I don't have so much loss with time. So you have to grow and as much as you are growing, you have to maintain a coherent and recognizable style in that growth. So earlier on, I was doing art with pencil. When I started in 2015, it was just pencil. So with time, I started doing art with pen and then oil paint as well. That's the colored ones. But now I now do art with stitches just stitches and thread. And this year, I'm looking at abandoning even the pencil, the pen, the oil paint, and just looking for stitches. Are you serious? Yes. I'm and just about it. I told I told my friend about it. He, was, he wasn't in agreement with it, but I think at some point I would do it. I'll have to abandon everything and oh stick God. with that. I feel this is the medium for my time. This is the medium I relate with most. Pencil has been used in many ages, paint in many ages. Pen is also a medium of my time. I wanted to settle for pen, but I felt like, okay, fine, let me go for this stitches and trade. So this is something I think it's just, it relates to me more. And I feel great when I'm on it. I feel some sense of accomplishment doing it. Mm -hmm. It's not something you see regularly. It's not something you see many people do having to use stitches and trade to make their artwork. It's just few persons that do it, and which is something that made me also to incline to it. Then also is something that haven't been in the history so much. Not so many artists have used such mediums. So I felt like, okay, I can settle with it. So as much as I've been consistent trying to maintain a coherent and recognizable style, I also try to grow. And in between the growth, try to find myself more find what I actually want to stick with. What are some of the struggles that you might be seeing with younger Nigerian artists? Have you had an interaction with them? Basically, um, the struggle you have is the economy. Art is not some, art is not a need. Art is luxury. Mm -hmm. Let me put it in a, simple, in a simpler way. If someone that's eating that would want to buy art, someone that's hungry would want to buy art. 
Right. It's a lost result. It's not actually a need. So if the population, if the greater percentage of the population is struggling, then art may not be selling. I don't know if you understand. I do. A lot of young artists may struggle to sell their art because not that people don't appreciate this art, not that people don't want to have this art, but they may not be able to afford it because the economy is actually struggling and the greater percentage of the population is struggling. A father wouldn't want to spend so much money buying art when he's struggling to pay the school fees. Yeah. So that's basically the, the difficulty most persons have. And because of that tight economy, a lot of young artists may have troubles in uh, getting sourcing materials because art materials are very expensive. Very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very expensive. I can remember in my young days, let me tell you a story. When I started doing my art in my third year, I did art in my second year when I met Pura. So I was doing art with pencil. So I wanted to improve. I wanted to go to something else. I wanted to start doing oil paint. But I didn't have the fund to do oil paint. And oil paints are very expensive, very, very expensive. So then the money I had with me was my school fees. <laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. I had to I had to use my school fees and get these materials. No. Yeah, it was a big risk. It was one of the worst risks in my life. And I regret doing it, but somehow I feel good about doing it too. <laughs> I did it. So I had to use my to get these materials. And I had mm-hmm. to convince some persons that I can do an artwork for them. So when I was done doing it, these persons didn't pay me. Oh my God. So now, how am I going to pay my school fees? It became an issue. I couldn't open up to my people. I couldn't tell my parents about it. I couldn't tell my brother about it. I was depressed in school. I wasn't focusing in classes. I was traveling around Nigeria looking for money, trying to meet people and see people I can do artwork so that I can easily recover. I was I was under pressure. You know what you like when you're under pressure, you make a lot of mistakes. You keep making more mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like you keep making wrong decisions because you are desperate. You wanted you want to achieve something within a short period. So somehow even the little money I have keep going away. In that my in that my third year was one my worst year in school. In fact, it affected my results so much. I had six Fs. That <laughs> so that's the part I regret is because it's so much affected my results that <laughs> see today I'm like wow. When I see my degree, I'm like this. This is what can be my result. But I know what cost it, and this is not what you have to explain to everyone that. See what happens. See what happens. You can't don't, just have, don't have to explain to everyone. See what happens because this is your result. So that's what you can do. Right. So I feel a lot of young persons who might be struggling to get these art materials. Currently, I may not struggle with some of these things because even though I'm not that buoyant, I've passed that stage. I can get any material I want to. Mm-hmm. I can do anything I want to do in art currently. But I feel those ones that are in that my stage back then will have a lot of struggle getting some of these materials and working with them. Especially when you don't have an established name, you don't have an artwork to show for it because if you try to tell someone, Okay, I can do this for you. Person will like, okay, let me see what you have done. I don't know if you understand. You have I to do. show what you have done. Mm-hmm. And you don't have anything to show what you have done. So how would the person have to pay you? So for you to show what you have done, you have to use your money and get these materials and do something. Right, right. right. Which you may not even being able to sell. Which may not even be, may, at the end of the day, you may not even get to what you want to do because you definitely have to improve. So your first work may not be that brilliant. When I look at those, my first work, I'm like, wow. Is this what I did? 
<laughs> because they are so poor. <laughs> Back then, I was so proud of them. I, I know. Let's so see what I did. See what I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the best that you could do at that time. Uh, maybe, maybe, but not. Okay, I don't know. I didn't actually have a mentor in heart. Maybe if I had a mentor, a person could have shown me better ways to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it would have, it would have um, corrected my growth. It would have made my growth faster. But then I was so proud of it. So, But I was lucky enough not to settle for everything I do. Like things I do now, I, I, I don't settle for them. I still want to do something better than what I do today. I always want to grow. Mm-hmm. So that's just the, 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 advantage, the little luck I have about myself that I always want to improve. I always want to try something else. I always want to see another version of a thing to see how it can get better. So this, uh, the two problems I discussed are actually the two issues I think open communities will be having. Mm-hmm. One is that the economy is not doing well. And secondly, you might struggle to establish yourself because you may not have the fund and art is expensive. So... These are the major two difficulties I actually had. And I feel young artists might also have such trouble. Mm-hmm. What is the most painful period? I don't know if we shall still draw back to you using the school fees <laughs> to buy art <laughs> items. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with it. I actually even wrote, I, I wrote about it at some point. You did? In my friend I wrote, I wrote about it, a 5,000 word story about it. Uh, it's not like something I want to publish, but it's not also something I'm not sharing with people. If someone wants to read it, I can share with the person. It's a bit fictional, but it, it centers on my life between that period in my final year, both my relationship life, my art life, and then Bura as well, because Bra was also at the center of my life during that period, even though you may not know a lot of things going on too in my life. Because growing up, I was so much an introvert. I I don't like sharing a lot of things about myself. Yeah. It was with time I started knowing how to talk about things. Growing up, I was so much an introvert. I wouldn't want to discuss a lot of things about myself to anyone. That's why I didn't even tell my parents about it. I just want to keep a lot of things to myself. Wait, they don't know about it to date? In my final year, my brother didn't know the details, but in my final year, it was so much because in my in my fourth year, I had to. They gave me my school fees for my fourth year. I had to use my fourth year school fees and pay my third year because I hadn't paid my third year. And in my school, it's difficult to train for courses when you have not paid your school fees because you have to register for courses online. Then you take the online slip and go and meet the lecturers and then register offline with lecturers. It was a it was very difficult to register my courses online because I have not paid school fees. So in my fourth year, I would take this fourth year school fees and pay for my third year. Then in fourth year, I have no paid school fees. Oh my I have to I have to get a copy of the cost registration of my classmates who have paid school fees. Then <laughs> I don't know. Can I say this online? <laughs> I had to place on three conditions and put my details in it and register my courses offline. So it also affected my results a little bit because there was this lecturer that used he used to download our registration from online. Others used to work with the offline registration. They always assume that all of us are registered online. Yeah. I don't understand. Uh-huh. But this one, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he studied abroad. So he works like he's working in the Western countries. So he doesn't even want to see us coming to his office research courses. He just downloads it online and just reads the list. 
So when he downloaded it, my name wasn't there. So I had a meeting script in his course. So in my final year, I, I still had to write his course. Oh my God. <laughs> I did register for it. And in the list, my name wasn't there. And, and the problem I had was when I graduated, I was no longer with my school. He had reached uh, the age for retirement and my school didn't give him professorship. So and that's who gave him professorship. So I had to move to that school. So my record was completely lost because it wasn't even there. So I just had to sit for that course again. So I might have to have a try because of it. <laughs> <sighs> wow. So what I wanted to find out, is there a moment in your journey of pursuing art? Was there a moment where you felt like, do I really have to keep going at this? In a moment I cried, but I never thought of stopping. Mm-hmm. But in a moment I cried. Yes. Yeah, moment I I cried. There was this man in my third year. He he's a politician. These people, these people, even though they he didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but this this people shaped my life a lot because they made me to grow to have principle to not have such experience again. They developed my principles along the line. Mm-hmm. So this man is a politician. He, he is very worthy. So he put that. When you see his house, his cars, and everything he does, he he can pay me whatever I want, wanted to be paid. So in my third year, when I, when I used my school fees, and I, it was difficult to recover my school fees, there is a place around our school, the GRA, where the people stay there. So I was so desperate. I thought I was desperate. I, I was desperate to recover the money. So I was moving from house to house, talking to people about my arts. I was that desperate, yes. I will knock at your door. You, you open the gate, I'll come in, and I'll, I'll talk to you about my arts and know if you wanted an art from me and something like that. I was that desperate. So I came to his place, so we talked about it. He said, okay, fine. He said he wanted three hours from me. So I, I now use the last part of my school fees that was left with me I... to do the arts because I knew when he pays me, I will not pay off my school fees. So when I was done doing the arts, he liked it. He kept it in your house. He kept on telling me I should come so day and pick the money, so day and pick the money, so day and pick the money. Most keep on passing. I was exhausted. Most times when I come back from his house, I will lock myself up and start crying. At the end of the day, he gave me 10,000 naira, which wasn't even up to the amount I spent doing his hard work. I was messed up. Like, I didn't even know where to start from again. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, most of those days, I was just, I was just down. I was just depressed. And it ended up affecting, as I told you, it ended up affecting my academic so much that within a year, I made six Fs. Six Fs in just one year. Those are so many. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> those are so many Fs. Actually, not just six Fs. I made five Fs in one semester. Ah, I got one F. One semester. One semester. Just our first semester, I told you, I made five Fs. It was, it was our women. So in my 40s, I learned how to live with it. I started living with my problem. So my result wasn't that bad. Even though I knew I had difficulties, I knew I haven't paid my school fees. But I just found a way to start living with it. So in my third year, in my final year, I used my final year school fees to pay my 40s. So I knew, I knew I had to do something in order to pay my final year school fees. 
And my project, I, I was building a machine in my, in my final year, my project. It was costing me a lot. I had to tell my brother about it. I had to tell him, open up to my elder brother. Told him I have not paid my school fees. Told him what happened. He shouted at me and everything. I knew he was going to give me the money. And I knew he was going to start me. And in fact, he just did everything as I knew he was going to do. <laughs> I knew he was going to shout at me and I knew he was going to give me the money. Yeah. So I was ready for the group. So he shouted at me, he screamed at me, said everything I have to say. And after like three days, he sent me the money and I paid my school fees. And that was it. That ended that phase, like that three years phase. I don't think I got myself into such situation again. Mm-hmm. So from then henceforth, you have to pay an advance for me to even start doing an actual for you. No matter how much I was desperate to do work for you, I will have to wait. Yeah. Give me have to pay an advance, at least 50% of work. So I don't have to lose. So mm-hmm. even if at the end of the day you don't want the work, you don't like the work, it's no longer my lose. Have you had a tough experience with a client besides a politician? Because I, I, the politician was just a con artist, man. Yes, there are some people you do at work for, and because of the great work they see you do, mm-hmm. they would even the work you did for them is very is very good. It's exceptionally good. They will still want more from you. They are not happy with it. But then these people give you a very difficult picture to work with. You know, first thing first, earlier. We didn't have so much of these editing apps yeah. around us. So when someone gives you this kind of blurry picture or picture that is difficult to work with, there are pictures that are exciting to work with because these pictures are very beautiful mm-hmm. and the quality is great. It's exciting for the artist to work with. But there are these kind of pictures that are very depressing to work with. So <laughs> when you do this work and you now give it to them, they will always want to compare it with those pictures that you did from an, a very exciting picture. I don't even understand. I do. So they will feel less of it. They will want something different. And at the end of the day, they will make you to feel bad about what you did because you have put in your best into this, but they are not satisfied. And somehow, no matter how you fight it, you still feel sad about it that, yeah, even though I know this the person, and I know this is actually very great, but the way this person is sounding is not great. So with time, I also had to put it into my principles. There are some pictures you sent to me and I may, not want, I may not want to work with you. And I may tell you that I can't work with this picture. You have to give me something better than this. Yeah. It's a good thing to draw out your principles when working with people. It's that way you, you build boundaries. Yeah, is is from what from experience. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to keep encountering some things. From experience, there there are also some persons that are very difficult to satisfy. Uh-huh. With time, I've gotten to understand how these people work. So there are ways you talk to me, and I wouldn't even want to work with you mm-hmm. because I know it may it has very great chances of not ending well. Because from the way you're already talking to me, I already know that no matter how I try into this work, it should take something exceptionally too good to satisfy you. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want to put myself into such pressure because 
when you're working on that pressure, sometimes you make some mistakes you wouldn't want, you wouldn't make naturally. I wouldn't want to put myself into such pressure. So there are some persons that the way they just talk to me, I just have to tell them that maybe I'm busy currently. I'll get back to you when I'm free, or I'll just have to find something else that make an excuse and not work for them immediately. I had an encounter once. There's this guy. He wanted me to do a picture for him. So he kept on bargaining, bargaining, bargaining for two months, going forth and back, going forth and back, telling me how you have met some other artists and stuff. So when you are telling me how you have met some other artists, I already know <laughs> that even when I bring this work now, you are still going to compare it. And when you compare it, you are putting me into a competition that I'm not even ready for. So the person may end up sounding like, I paid you so much for this. This is what you are giving me. This person wanted to collect this less amount. And so I wouldn't want such situations. So when we're just going back and forth, I think I'm, I, I cannot work for you. So he was angry about it. He said, no, that I have to. I said, no, I can't. I can't do this work again. That right now, I'm not, I'm not even going to do it again. So he was, he was angry with me. But when I dismissed him, I was proud of myself because many years ago, I would have accepted anything. <laughs> yeah. I would have just taken anything because I just wanted to keep working. I just wanted something. But now, no, I can't take anything. I have to take something I'll be happy doing. Mm-hmm. There is someone who complained to my cousin. My cousin recommended, I think, someone to this guy because this guy is a makeup artist. So after working on The Bride, this guy called my cousin and he was like, Stop sending me ugly women. <laughs> because okay. not all f- I can't work on all faces. I won't say the person's name <laughs> because it will ruin business for him. <laughs> but he's one of those popular makeup artists in Uganda. And she he was he he told my cousin straight up, man, you 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 do makeup on a woman and she just doesn't come out, right? So don't 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 send such women to me again. And I was like, whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know some people see that you have to accept the challenge and stuff and have to yes, I actually accept the challenge. Like I use a lot of editing apps to edit pictures now, even if I start doing the artwork. Mm-hmm. But even at that still, I there are some there are still limits to it. There are some things you give to me I may not just want to work with. Or there are some person that will come to me. I'll just look at the kind of temperament you are. And I, I think I just feel like no, I have to escape the struggles. It doesn't mm-hmm. work it. How do you take care of your mental health as an artist? Okay. Um when I started initially, when I was struggling in my sec- in my second year and my third year when I was struggling. I used to lock myself up, cry, and I used to do a lot of press up. Mm. Then I'll start punching my bedroom walls too. Ah. My hands used to then <laughs> I would punch my bedroom walls like my hands start breathing, then I'll sleep. Ah. Then I used to write a lot too. So I that's why I had to record most of what was happening. Because I had a diary, then I was writing a lot. I, I also spent time at the mountains, I spent time with flowers and a lot of things. That was then. Now, I don't think my mental health has so much issue. I think I've done so much now. I don't even work out again. Uh, 
I just sleep now. I just get tired and I sleep. I barely, I barely have struggle. Nothing seems to even get to me that much again. Now I've grown so much thick skin that I just wave everything off and I just sleep. I don't even write much. I don't even exercise again. I don't think I can even punch any wall. I, I don't. I don't want to feel that pain again. I just want to just eat and sleep. You can't get at me. You've got to get at me now. It just takes me to sleep and then tomorrow morning I'll be fine. I just think about it a little bit and I'll be fine. Or I might find a maternity, something else to do. But it was earlier on that I was having depression, that I was finding ways to mitigate to my depression. But now, most of my days I'm happy. Honestly, I'm happy most of my days. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what do you attribute the happiness to? Do you feel like there is a side of you that you got to discover in yourself the decision oh yeah it's a decision Mm. you decide to or not to be happy it's a decision actually some things can make you want not to be happy or some things can make you want to be happy but it's left for you to decide to or not to be happy i can come to work and receive a query and a lot of things go wrong but it's still left for me to be happy decide to be happy or not that's what i've discovered i can still decide to be happy even at that and i can see get a promotion and a lot of things, I still decide to be sad. So it's left for me to decide. So if it's for me to decide, then I, I, I think I always want to be happy. So even when a lot of things are, are not going my way, I always choose to be happy. And I may just be sad for a little while, but I, I will still get myself to, okay, fine. Just have to look over this and find a way to be happy and move over this. I may just want to keep my mind on happy things that happen in my life be grateful for a lot of things. And I'll see my mood changing. I'll think about a lot of beautiful things that happen. Maybe maybe I'm giving a query and I want to be happy. And I'll just be like, okay, well, three years ago, I didn't even have a chance of getting this query, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a job. I, I wasn't even employed. So at least I'm even employed self to even get a query, right? Okay, we'll be shy. So... And that's it. And I just look at some things that I just have to correct so that I don't end up getting something else that is worse than that way. And I move on tomorrow morning, I just see me smiling. And you feel like my life is perfect and everything is great, which may not always be the case. Mm-hmm. But I just decide to be happy. I don't know about something else. To me, happiness yeah, yeah, is a decision. Yeah. It's a decision you decide to or not to be happy. Mm-hmm. So if you decision that suddenly rest on you to make. So why now do you decide to be sad when you can actually decide to be happy? For me, I choose to be happy. For yourself. But I can yes. I can truly relate to that part where you talk about channeling your energy somewhere else. I remember being in moments of feeling like, I don't think I'm the right person for this. I don't think I'm doing this right. I don't think this is even worth it. And then I remember, because this year has... I. I can't exp- I don't have a single word for this year apart from saying it has been hectic. <laughs> and there are days when you want to just throw in the towel and then you're like, wait, I did that? Because now you start remembering all these beautiful things that you have managed to achieve and they made you extremely happy. And even when you think about them in that moment, you still feel like, yo, that was massive. And then I end up smiling and I was like, oh, we shall manage this. We shall get through this. I've seen that. Yeah. I've experienced that a lot. 
I listen to your podcast. Most people that, that come to your podcast, they talk about sad moments a lot. Most persons that come to your podcast talk about sad moments a lot. And that's something I don't like doing. I don't like talking about sad moments so much. I like talking about my happy moments so much. <laughs> like, even if I'm seeing a movie and there are some sad parts to it, I may just end up turning that movie. I don't want you to just annoy me like... <laughs> but you cannot you cannot walk away from the fact that there is there are two realities to life. Yes, I know, I know, but if, if I can actually walk away from that movie, I walk away. So why would I watch it? Oh my like, god, I'm, it's a movie. These people are, are living great and I'm enjoying their life. All of a sudden the wife dies <laughs> and then and then I'm turning off this movie and I'm trying to sleep because <laughs> <laughs> you can't just come and make me sad about it. I am not going to be sad. I have to sleep. <laughs> oh my goodness. You have to keep this wife alive to keep me in this movie. You don't have to make me sad about this movie. I might come back to the movie later on, but maybe at that moment, I just have to sleep and let it be. So that's why it may take me like two weeks to finish a movie. Because if you make me sad, I will leave you. Ah, hey, my it's friend. Sad. No, hey, that is close to being dismissive. Eh? <laughs> hey, there's a, there, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but there might be a time that comes and you might not know how to deal with it. So you need to cop yourself with those skills. No, I'm not saying it's always the case. Like, like yeah. it's always the case. But if I have an option to just let it go, I'll let it go. If you have the option. Yes, of course, I'll let it go. If I want to come to like something, like for instance, a movie is not something that is so great in my life. So I don't even see movie that much. I have not actually seen up to hundred movies in my whole life. Wow! So <laughs> it's not something uh, I always see. Of in fact, it's in this late stage of my life I started seeing movie. Mm-hmm. In my life, I don't even see movie at all, except maybe I'm with someone that insists on seeing movie. Okay, I'll say okay, fine. Okay, let's see it. If not, I cannot just be on my own and decide to see a movie. I'm going to come to Nigeria and we shall storm those cinemas. You said? I'm going yes, to- of course. If I'm, with someone, if I'm with someone and the person wants to see a movie, of course, I will oblige the person to see the movie. But like on my own stand-up, want to see a movie or get a movie on my device to watch, I may not do it. Especially earlier in my life, I won't do it. You won't even see any movie on my device to start with. So most times when I'm with someone and a person wants to see a movie in my device and maybe someone is, is someone close to me, I just have to get the movie in my device for the person to see because there will be none. And even the few times I'm seeing movie, I like seeing comedy. <laughs> I enjoy comedy. <laughs> I want to laugh. I, I don't want to press it. I just want to keep laughing. <laughs> Do you feel like you struggled a lot before and you just feel like you owe it to yourself to be happy? Uh, I told you earlier, I don't like talking about uh, sad days or things that are sad. So I don't even know what I've struggled. I have struggled a lot. I don't like seeing myself in that oh. kind of category. Yes, I know I've had some, I've had some experience in my life that taught me lessons, but I don't like seeing them from that angle of me struggling or me having sad days or anything. I like seeing them from the angle of me having some experience, learning from experience. I like making them positive. Like, I don't like seeing them from the angle that will make me sad. I want to see them from the angle that will make me happy. Like, okay, thank God I spent this earlier in life so that with this, I've made these principles. With this, I've learned this. With this, 
I know that I can't do this this way and the other way. So I see them as lessons often mm -hmm. or experiences that I've had. I wouldn't want to attach a sad name to them because I don't want to stay in that sad memory. Yeah. Even though the event may look like something that is sad, but I don't want to attach it to a sad memory. I would just want to laugh over it and be like, wow, well, you have grown over this now. So. What is it? What are the few words that you want the listener to walk away with at the end of this episode? Okay. Um, I want people to see their life that it is their life. It's no, it's no one else's life. It's your life. So you have to make the best out of it. You have to be happy. You have to be positive. Even if things are not going your way, of course, many times things will not go your way. But you have to be positive about your life and you have to be happy. You have to find a way to be happy. Mm -hmm. We don't have too much time on this earth. So you may not achieve all your dreams. You may not have all the losses. You may not enjoy everything you dream of. But you can be happy. And you can only decide to be happy. And you can always decide to see from the positive end of it, no matter how sad or depressing they may look. So I want anyone listening to this to understand that your life is your life to mm -hmm. live. Mm -hmm. It's no one's life and you don't have so much time in this life. Mm -hmm. So stay happy, stay positive and keep being consistent with your growth. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Can people from other countries commission your work? Yes, but they have to pay for... <laughs> but that's commissioning. <laughs> that's no, 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 no. Not just for the work. When people in my country commission my work, I pay for the transportation they were building. It's on me. Uh-huh. But outside of Nigeria, you commission my work. You have to take care of the transportation. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm charged now is estimated with the Nigerian transportation system. Mm -hmm. So... You have to pay that extra charge because I have to send it out to you. Yeah. Which may not align with the prices I have. I don't know if you understand. I do. So that's just the balance. You have to balance up. That's um, extra transportation and that's it. What if it's digital Outside work? You said? What if it is digital work? If it's a digital work, it's completely the same pricing. It's completely the same price. Especially if you're going to print it there. I don't have to print it for you here. Mm -hmm. If you have your way to printing it, then it's the same price because there's no transportation involved. Yeah. But this program, people want you to print it here, in here and then send it to them, especially Nigerians, because they may not have access to print it or they may not be, uh, they may not be that expert with the different types of printing you can get to get the best quality. They may want so they may want you to do it and send it to them. Mm -hmm. So, but if you are if you are good with it, I can send you the work and then you print it over there. Yeah. So, if they have to contact you, how do they reach you? Uh, you can reach me with my email, jpmyron at gmail dot com. That's spelled J P M I R O N at gmail dot com. I or Y? J P M Y R O N. That's right at gmail.com yes and they can also find you on your social media and see yes, your work once you type Jake on Google you see all my handles all my handles are Jake on all social media platforms alright thank you so much for your time okay thank you so much for having me 
I really appreciate. You do? I do. Honestly. I appreciate. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us to the very end. If you loved this conversation, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button in your podcast platform of choice. Also, feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at hashtag with Nabuzichwanko on Facebook and Instagram and on X. Our handle is at HTNK podcast. Do not hesitate to reach out to Ifani if you need any deals, artistic deals. So see you next week. Wait, welcome to October. Welcome to October. I should have done this at the beginning, but still, it's still valid. Catch you next week.